It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And today, I have such a fun show for you. My friend and today's guest, Sarah Bernson, is on here. She is a marriage and family therapist, and she's going to talk to us about how to handle that stress of being around family, work, ending for the year, holidays, kid commitments, I mean, all that stuff that kind of collides at the end of the year, that can be kind of stressful. So let me tell you a little bit about my friend Sarah before she comes on. So Sarah and I met, oh gosh, a year and a half, two years ago. It seems like yesterday and yet forever ago. She's one of my bestest friends. She is, she lives out in California. I'm in Iowa. We've never actually met in person, but it seems like we have. So we met in a, a uh, leadership training where I was the mentor and Sarah was a mentee and she grew phenomenally in that program. And I got to be witness to that and, and really just play with her. And I am fascinated by her skills in the areas of building deep relationship and listening. So without further ado, Sarah. Hello. Good morning, Kathleen. Yes. Well, thank you for being on here, Sarah. So lovely to be here. Well, what I can promise everybody today is we're going to have fun. Yes, we are. <laughs> Diggles, Diggles, Diggles. Yes. So Sarah, why don't you catch everybody up that's listening? What, what do you talk about your background, how you got into what you were doing? So, uh, well, I started as a preschool teacher working with kids and families while I was going through college and, um, then slowly realized that I get to be a therapist if I really want to help the kids and the families that I was working with because there was only so much information they would receive from me as a teacher mm -hmm. and um, I my first uh, therapist job was working in the therapeutic classroom at Cedar sinai um, with special needs kids and kids with autism and I was also the substitute teacher in the classroom. And I got to work with families. I got to work, you know, doing uh, small play groups and social groups and got to learn a lot about development and people and relationships and listening, communicating. Um, and from there, I, I developed my own practice. Um, I continued to work with kids in autism or with special needs for many years. Now I focus mostly on relationships, couples, individuals, still work a lot with families and kids. Yes. And, and you're the, on the staff at Boston Breakthrough Academy. I mean, talk about some of the, how you don't just work with people in California. Oh, that's right. I, I work with people all over the country or all over the United States pretty much, um, Zoom, the pandemic created a whole new lifestyle because Zoom became the acceptable form of therapy. So now it enables me to connect with people all over the place. And as you talked about at the beginning with leadership and, and that world of transformation, I've been in that for the last almost four years and um, helped to build Boston Breakthrough Academy, and it's really lovely to be serving as their staff therapist. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Awesome. And so Sarah has so many wealth that we could talk forever about her background and her credentials. But what I, and Sarah, what we both want you to know is like Sarah gets this, gets relationships and she gets listening and she gets the challenges and, and she sees the impact that it has on kids when adults have challenges too. So Sarah, what are some of the common challenges that you see in relationships? So when people come to you, what is it that they're the biggest challenges that you're seeing? Clear communication is probably the biggest issue with in, in every relationship is um, trust, communicating honestly what your needs are and asking for what you need, you know, um, taking time to like spend together in connected time without screens, you know, like making that time for connection seems to like those are that's the foundation that's the root of everything it's like really being able to connect clearly communicate trust and make time for each other so when people come to you what's the general state of the things that they're saying because they may not identify those as the issues what would the if somebody's listening today and they're saying well should i go talk to somebody what would the problem that they would see there's such a range. It can be, um, I'm, not, I'm not feeling connected to my partner. Um, I'm, I've lost my, my joy and in my relationship or in my family, or I'm not, I'm not finding the time to do the things I wanna do in my life and I'm doing everything for everybody else, you know? And uh, just how do I manage everything? Those are the, a lot of the questions. And sometimes it's just me and my partner don't know each other anymore. How do we get back to each other? How do we find each other? So when somebody comes to you, so there's some hesitations maybe up front. Talk about that. You mean about just going into therapy? Yeah, a lot of people have thoughts around that of that's something I don't need or. Oh, yes. Big, big one. How could I don't need therapy? Like there has to be something wrong um, in order for you to work on something. And a lot of times it's management. Being in therapy is management so that things don't break, so that it doesn't fall apart, so that you have the opportunity to be in connection with each other and in relation, or just if you're seeing me individually, just to be having someone just to talk to sometimes and hear your thoughts and have a clear path, understanding, oh, that's what I'm thinking, or that's what this means, or, oh, this is what I get to do. It's creating possibility. I read this statistic, I've shared it on the show before, uh, but I read the statistic that the number of people that someone, the, the average person has to lean on in an emotional crisis or just a crisis in general, is zero. What do you think about that? I mean, it's true. It, it tends to be a common um, theme that I hear in my office is it's so good to be able to just talk. So good to have someone to just share this with, to have somebody to pick my brain with, to have someone to process ideas with. Um, it's it's unbelievable how many people don't have connection in this world. Yeah. Who feel alone, who don't have a space to share or have support. 
it's a large, large percentage. Yeah. And, and so what, when you encounter that where somebody doesn't have somebody around them, and so you, are, you become that, that one person for them, what, what do you say to them to support them? How do, you, how do you work with them so that they are willing to open up to other people? Well, it starts with our communication. You know, first I get to develop a relationship of trust with them so they feel safe to share and speak. And then that gets to be the example of what's possible. You know, you can, and, and it's depending on where they're at in their life, but helping them find places to connect mm-hmm. and people that they can meet that are like them so that they don't have to be alone. Yeah. Well, I think what you're saying here is, is going back to exactly what you said in the beginning, trust. So first developing that trust with you so that they can even develop that trust with somebody else. Maybe they've been hurt in the past. Who knows what created that? But what I hear you, your, the tools that you're using is really understanding how to move past that for them. Got it. Okay. So somebody that, somebody that may say, Hey, I'm not broken, but I would like to have more friends. I would like to have somebody around me or perhaps it has nothing to do that. I would like deeper connection mm-hmm. so or I'm not showing up as myself anymore. How, how can I get back to who I am or figure that out. Maybe it's not something in the past. Oh, that let's talk about that. Actually, how many people are chasing getting back to the past versus recreating or creating whatever it is going forward? It's true. Like, you know, some of my clients are people who have um, recently been divorced and are starting a new life. And that is a big question. Like, what do I do? How do I find myself again? And you for me, we start with a place of vision. Maybe it's not about who you were, but who do you get to be now? And what does that look like? And where do you begin is, is truly like, what do you want out of your life? And recognizing that every day is a new opportunity. It's, it's a new beginning. And as you get clear, you get to choose and then be on the path to creation. Yeah. And how, so... So for somebody that's really thinking, I don't even know how to get through today, let alone dreaming or visioning about what the future could look like, that seems like a big gap. Mm. So how do you, if I'm listening here, if I'm in the audience and I'm saying, I'm stuck in this moment where I know I don't want to be where I'm at and the past isn't where I want to be, what's a tool that they could use to start to think about what tomorrow could look like if they were completely in control? So starting with, you know, what do they like? What makes them happy? What brings them joy in their life? What used to bring them joy in their lives? They don't have a space where they can even connect with what used to bring them to to something that brings them joy now. Sometimes it helps to connect with what used to bring you joy and to start doing one new thing. What's one new thing that you could do this week, today, that you haven't been doing? You know, it's, it's entering and stretching and allowing yourself to try something new, be open to a new experience, be flexible and share with another person through connection. Yeah. What's coming up for me is like in my own experience, for me, I know that when I shut down my creativity, then it, that's where I'm not as connecting uh, my level of relationships 
isn't as deep as it normally is. And so when that happens, I know creativity is generally at the core where when I dig into that, when I'm creative, when I let myself have that creative outlet, it opens it up. And I wonder as practitioners of this work too, for you, what do you find as a place where maybe you see, gosh, when I don't, when I'm not as connected, I want to be, here's a place that I go. So for, for every person, it's different. Some people, it's doing something simple like yoga, just going into a meditative state and getting comfortable with yourself and just being. For some people, it's being out in nature or, or connecting, flowing or connecting with people. You know, for every person, whatever it is that, that opens up your space of creativity, like it's just allowing yourself to be there. The, the biggest thing that comes in sometimes, Kathleen, is when people say that's not possible and there's nothing going to bring me joy or nothing has and nothing's going to and they're just not in a space of, of possibility. That's, that's when it, it's really, you know, like, where do we get to go and, and what do we get to do to help open that space up Got and it. have joy and have a moment of laughter and, and belief in what's possible. So if somebody here is, is around somebody that's like that, and they're saying nothing's possible, it's not going to change, what are you, what are, what's a tool that they can use to say, but I'm in relationship with this person, and I hear that they're, they're saying that, is that really true? Yeah, you know, like, I, my experience in those moments is there's, there's a fear that they're not wanting to look at. So they shut it down. Like, oh, I'm not open because I don't know what's going to happen or what are they going to see in me or what don't they know? It's about a trust and it's about a safety and it's really just not wanting to be open because what happens when you're open, you can't control. If you're closed, you get to keep everyone out and be protected and nothing hurts and ah, but you're all alone. So it's kind of, like helping them see that hey like maybe if you relax a little bit your shoulders come down a little bit if you take a deep breath in you can actually feel the air in your body and in that space you can actually see another idea and again it's it's getting inside kind of working in slowly from what they give you and for each person again that's where listening is so important because in that conversation I will hear something that is important to them and be able yeah. to kind of work through that something that is the light or the motivation or the space that, that kind of gives them more, that helps them see there's something beyond feeling bad. So like what I'm hearing you say is if you just cracked open the egg and it's starting to just see what's inside, your job as a deep listener is to see where the crack is and just allow it to expand, but in a healthy way, it's not like we're getting a broken egg here. Nobody's broken and uh, allowing the space for the real person to come out. Yes. Mm, Beautiful. We're going to go on a quick break. When we get back, when we get back, we are going to go into how do we support ourselves and the people around us during the holidays. The image that I have coming up is Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation where Aunt Bethany comes in with her present and she's got her jello mold all wrapped up and her cat and <laughs> Chevy Chase he's licking the side of the box. He says she wrapped her jello mold. You can see the tension mounting and that we're going to figure out 
how we handle situations like that without losing our cool. All right, enjoy this quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. See you in a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Recent Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Recent for your next event at KathleenRecent.com. That's KathleenRecent.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Today, my guest Sarah Bernson is on the show today, and we are talking about how to cope with holiday stress. So we have talked all about how, uh, kind of the, the challenges that people might decide to enter therapy in general. And it's something that's totally welcome. It's not something you have to be broken in order to decide with therapy. I have a good friend that says everybody should be in therapy. It has nothing to do with uh, being broken. It's a, and as Sarah said, it's about managing. So Sarah, Right before we went on break, we talked about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. This is what's coming up for me. Aunt Bethany walks in. Her jello mold is wrapped. The cat is there. It's ringing in the box. And you want to just blow your gasket. And yet, that's not the relationships that we want to create. So how do we prepare ourselves for all of the stress that comes with the holidays so that on January 2nd, we're proud of who we've been for the last few weeks? <laughs> Oh, there's so many ways I can answer that question. <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to me, and, and it's something that I use in all areas of therapy, is like, pick your battles, right? So there's like certain places or spaces you don't want to enter <laughs> during the holidays. So you, you get to be really thoughtful about and, and make choices that work for you and your family in whatever way that works for you during the holiday season. And to me, that starts with having a plan for whatever it is you're doing, whether it's for shopping or getting to your family for the holidays or being with all of your family for the holidays or cooking. Like it all starts with a plan. And once you have a plan, it also is then like really important to be flexible with your plan. <laughs> So you're saying, I don't, I, I don't be rigid on my plan. My plan says this. Yes. Okay. So got it. But I mean, having a plan, you know, it's, it's like, okay, this is my budget for Christmas. I know what my budget is. So having that information of knowing what your budget is for Christmas will help in all of 
the shopping aspects of the holiday versus if you just go out not knowing and buy whatever you want and then come back and calculate it later, you could be like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> but if you go in kind of knowing this is what I can spend and kind of accommodate accordingly to that and like give and take and be aware of what those choices are, oh, I can give more here because I gave myself this budget. It gives you more freedom and takes some of that craziness away. Now that can always be managed. Of course, with the holidays, there's things you just don't know are going to happen. Like you're on your way driving to your family's house that's four hours away and you're in a three hour traffic jam before you can even, you know what I mean? You don't, don't know. But what you can do is have plans for the car you know, have snacks and food set, have games that you could play, have, you know, ideas that work already in case and be flexible. So that's what I mean by it helps to have a plan, but also to be open to whatever may happen to that plan. So let's, let's look at a couple different scenarios of what could happen, one in the workplace and one at home. Let's start with the one at home. So I have a friend who, uh, she has a brother who tends to love alcohol and there's a lot to that gets stressed out in situations so drinks and uh has worked on managing that and she is letting herself get stressed out over does she have alcohol present at a family gathering and i know that's something that i've heard from a number of people of it's it's not even about whether the alcohol is present or not it's about the two week long conversation she's been having with herself about whether or not the alcohol is present so for something like that, what do you recommend? What's a tool she can use? Well, this is a family member. Yes. So again, I come down to communication and expectation. If you're inviting somebody to your home for the holidays, you get to be clear. This is my expectation that you will not get drunk and be an embarrassment. And that may be hard to say to somebody that you love. But if you want to be able to have alcohol for the rest of your family to enjoy and be a part of, and you don't want to have to make changes for this one person who you've, ch- you've chosen to invite anyway, you get to have a conversation with that person and be very clear. I want you to be a part of our holiday. I care about you. And this is what I'm requesting. Got it. And if they say, well, it's my choice, or they, they don't, honor what we're saying what we're asking what do you say well then you have a choice it depends on where you want to go with that you could choose okay if you can't follow my request i'm going to ask you not to come like that could be a choice that you're giving them even though it's up to you to make you're you're giving them the choice to be there and follow your request if they don't choose that what can you do you can let it you can let them come and do their thing and then ruin it for everyone or you can hold a firm boundary and say I love you enough to be honest and tell you that this is not how we want to spend the holiday and I love you and I want you to be there and so I hear you and that line and the conversations and the for the people that maybe haven't been in conversations like that before or that's not the line that they've held for people around them before and so now they're saying, okay, Sarah, I hear you. I hear that's what I, what I get to say. And the thought of that conversation Terrible. frightens me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you want me to have that conversation? 
So what are some ways that people have used to make that conversation easier on themselves? So it is, it isn't an easy conversation to have. I, I agree. And it takes trust and it takes knowing yourself and what you're creating, right? So you get to be really clear in that and it may not come out in an easy flow. It may come out all sorts of gibberish. And um, I'm guessing that this person knows that they drink a lot mm-hmm. and the effect that it has on people around them. And it's, uh, it's choosing who you wanna be. Do you wanna be somebody who stands for this person? Or do you wanna be somebody who is letting, you know, I don't have, I'm not, I'm, I'm scared to have the conversation, so I'm gonna let them come anyway. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not gonna let anyone drink so I can solve this problem. I mean, there are different choices that you could make. And what's the one that's gonna serve everybody? And maybe that takes talking with another person who may have had this conversation with that person before. It is the problem. There is always one person in the holidays who is the heavy drinker, who doesn't necessarily know when they're in your face or you know it's too loud or inappropriate. So, you know, it, it, it's not an easy conversation, Kathleen. And, and yeah. it is something that they could get help on. You know, this is a way that you could talk to your brother or they could even come in for a session together. That's yeah. And, and build. And, and so what I know about like, this situation in particular, but in others that I've had conversations with, it wouldn't, it's not just you know, the brother, for example, it's the mom of the two adult children that are saying, oh, just let him come. It, that's just how he is. And so the concern then becomes not just about the brother, but it's the mom's enabling. Yeah. And so now if, if I hold the line for the brother, the mom's going to be mad or that situation. And I don't want to create World War III, but I really don't want to have this loud, obnoxious scene at my house. And so I hear this entanglement of conversation. Is that something that you hear? Yes. I mean, that that's another piece of it because it doesn't just affect the one person who's saying they don't want to drink or they will drink or whatever, the drinker. It does affect the rest of the people who want to see that person. And, um, you know, it's, for me as a therapist, that's another conversation with the mom, <laughs> you know, that who's enabling the behavior. And, but at it, it, the holidays, again, sometimes there's a past. Like, I'm going to give you a past because I want us all to be together. Mm-hmm. And that is something that happens. And, and again, choose your battles is what comes up in my head. It's like, what's more important to you? Status quo or, or keeping it clean or, or helping this person, you know, see how they show up. I mean, that may not be the time to do it at the holidays. Um, and, you know, you get to consciously choose, am I going to have alcohol? Am I only going to have a little bit of alcohol? so that people can have some, or am I going to say the people who want alcohol can go get it and not give alcohol to this person? Those are all choices, but the most important part is that you get to celebrate the holiday in some way together that you're all choosing. So 
sometimes that may mean I, I know a lot of people who have dry holiday parties one mm -hmm. because they don't want to uh, pay the amount of money that it would cost to have all the alcohol <laughs> and um because of this issue and the people still show up drunk so mm. it doesn't always take away the conflict and that's why i promote communication yeah and so on that note question from the audience is coming in what is it about communicating that we fear so much we fear it blowing up we fear it not you know not being received in the way that we are sharing it you know it's coming from a space of love and i want the best for you and yet it's probably not heard that way or or it is heard that way and they still don't like it <laughs> it's messy people don't like things in life that are messy they mm. want everything to be clean and pretty and i get to follow this like structure and it's gonna be exactly this you know <laughs> like a recipe and it doesn't always work you know each person is different and requires a little different way but communicating is is it doesn't have to be hard you can choose to to make it easy sure and what i'm hearing is we get to really understand that there could be consequences for these choices that we are making and are we willing to really pay them from everything that i've heard you say it's really if what i want if i'm clear on that it, it's going to be messy to get there because that's not what everybody's used to i'm the one changing the game not them yes yeah and i think for so long too uh we, we it's so easy to get buried in our own heads about that talking with somebody about it and just saying whether it's a friend or a therapist that can guide you in working through these things. Yeah. Just putting it out into the world. This is great. So we're going to go on another quick break. And when we get back, I'm going to bring up an example in the workplace because we're all there too. <laughs> and communication. I've heard Sarah that communication can be a little rough in the workplace too. Would you agree? Oh yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you combine those two with your ad. I mean, Ooh, we have a recipe for some really fun times, but we're going to go on a quick break. You are listening to the Kathleen recent show, pushing the boundaries of leadership with myself and Sarah Burnson. We'll be back here in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen recent show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen recent for your next event at KathleenReason.com. That's KathleenReason.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, 
Join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, and welcome back to the Kathleen Reese and Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. So we have been spending the last 30 minutes talking all about how to cope with the holiday stress. So I brought on my good friend, Sarah Burnson, who is a licensed marriage family therapist, who is sharing some of these tools that we can use to get through the holidays. So my workplace challenge, I'm going to set this up for you, Sarah. So one of the things that I hear from a lot of people that are in the work setting right now is that they are working on pushing these deadlines. So meeting up against deadlines and they have people that just aren't responding or they're really lackadaisical about responding. So while we ask for a response in, let's say, 24 hours, people are taking five, six, seven days or just not responding at all. And it's requiring two, three, four, five follow-ups even. And so it's really causing a lot of stress on them because of someone else's lack of follow-through. So what would you say if somebody came into your office and said, this is my biggest challenge at work? I'm, I would want to know more details. <laughs> so is this the biggest challenge that they have at work dealing with people in their work, in, within their actual work, or is this outside of their work and other people in the world? So in this fictitious scenario, in what, uh, <laughs> as far as, as what I've heard, what a big detail. Yeah. So this would be people within the workspace. So they're sending out, uh, they've got things that they want to finish. They're on their list of things to finish. And in order for them to complete that task, it requires buy-in, acceptance, approval, acknowledgement from someone else, and they're not getting it. It's like this slow delay in the world of response. Yeah. So like they're having the same problem that we are with getting certain shipments across the ocean, huh? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And they're frustrated because, gosh, if everybody would just make this their top priority, we could, I could check this off my list. Right. So what I hear in that is like, recognize what you have control over and what you don't, mm-hmm. first of all, because if somebody's not doing something and you're reliant on them to do it, that's, you know, if you get, spend all your energy trying to shift that and you can't, then you're wasting all of your energy. And there may be a different way to, I like to use the word enroll somebody in responding to something when they're not responding. So what is your communication with them? And what is your business relationship with them? <laughs> right? Because all of this may not matter all through the year, but when it comes to getting a deadline in or getting a response from someone, then it is all about the relationship that you have with them and what you've created and how interested they are in showing up in that. So it, it may not be something that you can change in this exact moment in time, but it's something that forward thinking might have created a different result and how you work out that relationship. Are you waiting to the last minute to ask for the deadlines? Have they already gone on vacation? Like what kind of planning did you do beforehand that now you're waiting on them to be complete? So those are the first things that come up for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that I, so what I'm hearing from you is in the moment, it's the accepting what you can and figuring out where you get to go to get what you require in order to move forward. And then going forward, it's how are we in relationship with these people so that we can create the results that we want together? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. 
Yeah, and the, the workplace is so interesting. One of the other things that I've heard quite a bit, we'll set up another scenario here, is that you've got somebody who uh, overcommits. Mm. And so their to-do list is pages long. And they've realized, they've hit that moment of, I just can't get all this done. And I'm letting people around me down because I'm overwhelmed. Overwhelmed was actually, Sarah, I did this study. This will not surprise you at all. So I put this, this question out into the world and said, what's your biggest challenge right now? This was two weeks ago. And overwhelm was listed as the top. Yeah, my experience, Kathleen, of overwhelm is people who say yes, you said it, overcommit themselves, but they're, they say yes to things that they don't really want to say yes to. So they have things that they get to do, that they have on their list that they have to do, that, that they don't want to do. So then that gets mixed in with the things that they really do want to do. <laughs> and that gets bigger and bigger. And if you have a heart, if you're somebody who has a hard time saying no, then that overwhelm gets much, much bigger. So again, boundaries, being able to say no, being able to look at a list that isn't like where you are overwhelmed and know what I can do. So like, what can you check off right away so that you can make it smaller? So like focusing on the things that can be completed and then what can you give away? What can you take off? What can you give back? I don't have time to complete this. Can you find somebody else? You know what I mean? Like whatever it may be, if you've already overcommitted. So why don't finish that sentence? I don't want to interrupt you. Well, if you've already overcommitted and now you realize that you can't complete your commitments, then you get to go back and, you know, say, I can't do this. You get to be clear about what's possible instead of still trying to hold all the books and hope they don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's the step that most people miss is that we just gloss over and don't actually acknowledge that we're, we're going to miss the commitment. We just hope no one notices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's something that does get happened in overwhelm is you just get blinded. You, you miss steps that normally are very important to you. You know, I didn't think I was overwhelmed, but I will tell you, I was making some checks mix on Friday and uh, <laughs> 30 minutes in, you know, checks mix. Like if you've ever made it, you gotta, you gotta shift it every 15 minutes. So it doesn't burn 30 <laughs> minutes in. I realized the oven wasn't on. <gasps> I know. I mean, I used hot pads to take it out two twice. And the only reason that I learned it was because the numbers on the oven was still the clock and not the degrees. That's how I realized it. So Sarah, oh my gosh, it was this total moment of, oh, you have to slow down. So that happened. And then last night I put laundry in the washing machine. (laughs) Josh comes to me a couple hours later. He goes, were you washing something? I said, yeah, yeah, I washed it. He goes, you didn't actually turn it on. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I've done that so many times. Was that just like ditzy, not thinking, or is that a secret sign of, of, of overwhelm that I'm missing? It's kind of both. It's kind of both. It could be overtired too. Be, we had a big weekend. It was a lot of fun. And overtired happens in overwhelm and holidays, so it's all possible. That's true. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking notes here, Sarah. So one of the things that you said that I thought was, was really interesting is, is how we how we say yes when we don't really want to. Why do we do that? 
a classic people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make people happy. We don't want to let people down. Um, it feels good for people to rely on us, whatever it may be for different reasons, people say yes. Um, I want you to like me. Okay, I'll do that. You know, it's, it's various reasons, but we, you know, people pleaser is the term that, that fits, but it may not always land for others, but it's really just not being comfortable saying no. Yeah. Getting comfortable being okay saying no. That, that goes a long way. Boundaries, 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 boundaries. Yeah. So, so you use that word a few times. And while it seems like a simple word, could you define it in your words, what boundaries mean? Boundaries are being clear on what your limits are. Really being clear on what your limits are in every scenario. It could, you know, you know, like I talked in the beginning about what's your budget that's your money boundary like that's how much money I can spend what's your time boundary how much time do I have to commit how much time will this take being very clear on you know if do you have a boundary about drinking in your home do you have a boundary you know it's really about like what are your limits what are you comfortable with and what are you holding space for yeah, what's coming up for me as I hear this is as I think about this week with my we had a full weekend with family and had a, had a great time. And as we roll into this next week, it's it's the week before Christmas, and the kids just this week it's so exciting. And we have three Christmas music concerts, we have two band concerts, we have our regular wrestling and taekwondo, we've got a birthday party that a kid's going to. We have one son that's turning eleven, so it's his own birthday. We have a birthday party that we're hosting for him. And that's just Monday through Friday. By the time we roll into Saturday, we were thinking about, well, what does this weekend look like? And being intentional that Sunday we have events, but Saturday we don't have anything on the schedule. And so what I'm hearing is really honoring that we got a big week coming up and we get to enjoy it, but giving ourselves that space for Saturday to be just a free day. Yes. So what you're talking about is more than just a boundary. It's self-care. And self-care is such a huge part of maintaining your balance through the holidays, through everything in life, really, is, is making sure that there's a piece of every day that's just for you, that is for you to restore, that is you to fill up, you know, that's for you time. And Everybody creates that differently. Some people can find it when five minutes of meditation on their mat. And some people find it on a walk. And some people find it listening to a song. Some people find it getting their nails done. You know, like whatever it is, is different for every person. But carving out a space that's just for you, that's time to, to fill yourself up, fill your own cup, and then be able to keep giving it's really important during the holidays. And like you're talking about every day is packed. If you have one day and it's not, take it for you. <laughs> How do I, what are some suggestions for kids? Cause you know, I have three boys and they're the one they've got, they're in school and then they've got these packed evenings. So what's a way that a tool that I could use for them that would allow them to carve the space into their time too, knowing that they've got little pockets of time, like when they get up, when they get home from school after their activities. So meaning for them to do self-care? To yeah, what, what would self-care look like for a nine-year-old? 
I mean, it could be like a half an hour to build with Legos and play, you know, like it's, it's an, a self-chosen activity that they could do by themselves or they could do with each other that is just for fun. There is no creation that's like meant to happen from it, right? Yeah. And there My is kids no are so much. Yeah. Go ahead. No, just no agenda in it. Kids are so much, in my experience, so much better at that. I think about my soon-to-be 11-year-old who just goes into whatever he uh, gets into a, I'll, I'll call it a funk, but really requires that space. He just goes up to his room and plays with his Legos. Mm-hmm. I think, wow, he's had this figured out for so long where when he requires that quiet space, he'll go dig his head in a book. Mm-hmm. Our biggest challenge at school was his teachers would say he kept walking into walls with his book in front of him. But when the class got really loud, he'd bury himself in the book because this is where he wanted to be, not in the commotion. But then he'd run into walls, so that didn't work. But uh, the kids, do you naturally, they just figure this stuff out? I mean, I, I believe they have a natural resilience. I think that we are born with the quality. I think that as we get older, we kind of lose it. it oh, this is good. Tell me about that. Well, I just think that like the world gets in our way our life experiences block us from, from our true connections in the world and what like really brings us joy. And kids have this capacity to just be able to capture it really quickly about what brings joy. I mean, this is great for you, Kathleen, because you're like the queen of joy, you know? And like, and, and like, that's something that adults lose often, you know, as they get older, they forget what it's like to just play and have fun. We thought we have to schedule time for joy, like between seven and seven fifteen at night, I will create time for joy. That's my joy time. Like nowhere <laughs> else. <laughs> I have put it on the calendar. <laughs> I mean, doesn't always work that way. Does it? <laughs> you may be like screaming, you know, oh, it's my joy time. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> it's seven o'clock. I, it's gotta be fun time. Come on. One, two, three. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh until I feel it. I'm just gonna <laughs> laugh until I feel it. Oh, I mean, it's possible. And you know, life doesn't always work that way. And reminding or remembering, or just like, you know, it could be like a snowstorm and you go outside and make a snow angel. I mean, it could be so simple. It's just it's that moment where you release everything. I hear this tie back to what you said in the beginning of the show about how a lot of us have lost the connection to what brings us joy, what joy is for us. So I said, for me, it's, it's about creativity. When I'm using my hands to create something, it doesn't even have to be something that means anything to anybody else. It could just be painting a Grinch that's going to sit outside my house. And it may not, it may just never exist anywhere else. I have a friend that's into watercolors right now. She takes pictures and she'll post it on Facebook, but it's not really about anybody else seeing it. Mm. And so what I'm hearing you say is to intentionally create those times. Like Noah, my son that loves Lego, all of them love Legos, but he creates that time. He knows that that's a place for him. And when he gets home from school, he wants to play with his Legos. And what I'm hearing you say is that's his connection to joy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it may not always be joy. It could be your connection to peace. 
you know, like what's my peaceful space that I get to go in that then creates joy too. I mean, you know, but it's, it's, it's that space that is going to fill you up the most in that moment, right? And a lot of times it is through creation and just like that freedom to not be in what the doing of life, but in like how you feel, what your experience is, you know? Yeah, I, I tell you, there was a real switch for me. And, and so this is when I used to go to networking meetings, business meetings, I would meet people. And the first questions they would ask is, what do you do? Tell me about your job. And while that stuff's important, I care about that, about other people. That's not, that's not what I really want to know first. And that's what I, when we talk about this whole difference between doing versus really how you feel like connecting with somebody on that level, like that's deep connection. Yes. And that could be really uncomfortable to, especially if we're not connected to it. I couldn't expect anybody to meet me there if they're not connected. Mm, so true. That's, I, you know, that was a hard one to learn. Right? Because I would say, tell me what lights you up. And I, looking at me like, why would she ask that question? Because if somebody's not connected to what lights them up, that's a really hard question to answer. True. And then they're going to have some kind of spin in their head about what it means that they don't know that what brings them joy. Yeah. And And so they may want to connect on what do I do for a living? Because that's as far as they are right now. You know, meeting somebody where they're at that, what is, when you hear that, what does that mean for you? So that means that you can only go as far as they are right so if if you meet them where you are and they're not there then it's a one-sided conversation it's just you if you meet them where you are there's an opportunity to con- to connect to really connect and like when you meet them where they are then you have the possibility of bringing them to where you are mm-hmm. But you can't do that by just expecting them to meet you where you are. You know, like it's a it's a mutual space where you you look for a way to reach somebody and get in and connect or even find that moment of this is our shared space. This is what we do that we both do. And we can figure out a way to do it together. And that's I think learning this, I know there's another level for me too, because sometimes I still have a frustration of, oh, I really want them to be in this level, in this space, but that's not where they are. And when that frustration comes up for me, it's like, oh, okay, then I'm not truly wanting to meet people where they are. I want them to be where I am. And so, so really saying that I'm going to meet people where they are and I'm going to be okay with that. That's a, uh, for me, that's a growth area. Yeah, and I, I, what I hear you saying is, I know all this stuff that would really serve their life if, you know, they were able to see it, like, you know, that, like, it would make a huge difference, and yet they still can't see it. So, like, what do you do to help somebody see something or get somewhere where they're just not ready to go yet? And again, that's kind of like when you're waiting for somebody to respond for your work so you can do the next thing, you know, it's that same thing. And it's just like recognizing you get to hold space. You get to Mm -hmm. have that vision for them and hold it until they have it for themselves. That patience and grace for sure. Yeah. And then it seems like there's levels of that. 
Mm-hmm. So you see one level and then there's a whole other one. Oh, we could talk for hours, Sarah. We are almost out of time, but I want to make sure that anybody listening who's saying, oh my gosh, Sarah just really has an open heart. She does. And she would be wonderful for me to talk to. She would. So Sarah, how do people get a hold of you? So uh, they can email me at Sarah Bernson, S-A-R-A-H, Bernson, B-E-R-N-S-O-N-M-F-T at gmail.com. Um, and you could also, uh, that's my website too, www.sarahbernson.com um, is my website and you could reach out there. And um, do I give a phone number here too? Is that- If you want, some people do. Okay. <laughs> my phone number is area code 818-370-4757. Beautiful. So Sarah, what is that conclusion, that wrap up that you want people to know if they're struggling, they're hearing this and saying, oh, I don't know what to do in this moment. What's the piece that you want them to know? Um that every moment there's always connection available to them if they seek it. There's always a possibility. There's always somebody who's gonna be willing to connect with you if you reach out. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's such a deep thought. And, and to be real in this moment, the rate of suicide is unbelievable. and. I could name uh, a number of people right now that I know that have chosen that path. And what you just said is so key. Yeah. Connection is there if we choose it and trusting that it's, it's there because gosh, that's exactly what you said at the beginning, the trust and the communication, but just knowing that if you're vulnerable and put that out there, that somebody else will meet you where you are. Yes. Yeah. It's okay to ask for help or support. Yeah, that doesn't make you weak. I mean, we could add a whole other layers to that, 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 that it's okay to ask for support. It's okay to say, to raise the white flag and say, right now, this is not my, uh, this is not the moment where I've got it all together. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Sarah, thank you for bringing such an important message to our audience. I'm so thankful that you chose to join us today. And I thank you for being in my life. You guys, Sarah is a blessing. And so reach out to her. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Such a joy to be here, Kathleen, and connect with you. Yes. Oh, awesome. All right. So you are listening to the Kathleen recent show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. We're here every Monday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern. See you next week. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.